Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. We have a number of people we're talking with today because uh, this year is the first official holiday for Juneteenth. And ho- hopefully y'all know what Juneteenth symbolizes. Uh, if you haven't, you got to look it up. And I'm sure that uh, somebody will pull your coat during this broadcast. But uh, Lanisha DeBartleman is uh, the president and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum. She's also chair of the board of the, all the Black museums throughout the country a very dynamic person and a mover and shaker. We're fortunate to have her in Seattle and Martin Luther King Jr. County and the state of Washington. So, Lanisha, why don't you go ahead and let folks know what NAM has planned for Juneteenth. And you got a whole week of stuff, not just on one day. Go right ahead. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Eddie, for having the Northwest African American Museum on the show today as we head into Juneteenth weekend. The Northwest African American Museum has been commemorating Juneteenth with an entire week-long commemoration. It kicked off on last Sunday, the 12th of June. We had an interactive story time um, telling the story of Juneteenth through a child's perspective and in a child's voice. We partnered with the Seattle Sounders FC and had Steve Zakawani to host the children's uh, story time. And then we had Black artist Jeremy Bell to lead a live art demo for children. Families were able to come by uh, the NAM uh, parking lot, drive through and pick up art supplies so that they can do that art at home in their own space with Jeremy Bell. So that kicked off NAM's Juneteenth week. Yesterday, we had our Juneteenth Youth Night in the New Holly Othello Park area. And it was just a delight to uh, distribute African-American children's books and to have just a fun time with kids right there on the soccer field in New Holly. We are preparing to have the NAMS choir called the African-American Cultural Ensemble to sing for three Juneteenth programs over the next few days. They'll be singing on Saturday twice, and again on Monday, June 20, which is recognized as the official Juneteenth uh, day off holiday for corporations and companies. Are they singing for? They are singing uh, the Black National Anthem, and they're singing a variety of their songs from their portfolio on Monday. They sing so many civil rights songs and cultural um, heritage songs. They'll be singing those on Monday. And on Saturday, they're singing at the uh, Sounders soccer game and the O.L. Reign um, match as well. Now, Sunday is the big day. It is Juneteenth, June 19, and NAM will have an all-day activation at Judkins Park in Seattle's Central District. From 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., we will be partnering with a variety of partners in the community to host a community skate day. We invite folks to roll up on their roller skates and to commemorate Juneteenth with us on the roller rink. We'll have an all-day DJ. We will have Black-owned businesses as vendors, food trucks. We'll have uh, sports activations. We will be distributing a variety of African-American children's books all about Juneteenth books for kids and books for the adults as well. And it's just gonna be a day for us to reaffirm Black joy 
and unity. For the last two years, we've been away from one another during this pandemic. We are reclaiming our joy, our, our sense of uh, solidarity and unity. And it will take place at Judkins Park on this uh, Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. free, open to the public, something for everybody at Judkins Park with NAM um, and our partners. Very, very thrilled to also be present for the One Seattle um, Juneteenth musical that will be at McCall Hall. NAM will be present there distributing 500 free African-American books for children and the family. So, and I know that Reverend Dr. Les Leslie Braxton will be on your call uh, today later on. NAM is delighted to partner with them on that one Seattle event. So we are really commemorating uh, Juneteenth in a significant way. We honor the beautiful legacy of Sister D. Charlene Williams, who really led the way for Juneteenth to be to be commemorated in a significant way in our region. And we just honor all of the Black organizations that are um, bringing community together in various places around our community, bringing folks together to, to really honor our history and build our future together. Now, you mentioned partners. Uh, I want to make sure they get publicity. If they come into the Black community and do something positive, I want to make sure their names are mentioned. Who are you partnering with? Well, we are grateful for the sponsorship from Amazon, Boeing, Starbucks, uh, King County um, Public Health, Seattle King County Public Health, for Culture, uh, the University of Washington Department of Athletics. Those are all major sponsors for the skate party and for the Juneteenth week. And uh, all of the vendors that are coming on are linking up and partnering with us. We're going to have voter registration booths at the state party at Judkins, uh, provided by Common Power and many other organizations. And so uh, we, just, we just salute the way that um, all of these organizations are coming together to remember, renew, reflect, all about Juneteenth, unity and collective healing. And I'd like to have you just now take a couple of minutes to talk about uh, if, um, if, if, I know the museum has been closed because of the pandemic, is it open again? And if you could take a couple of minutes to talk about what will people see when they come into the museum? Yes, we are thrilled to prepare for a fall reopening of the Northwest African American Museum. Uh, the pandemic closed our doors, but it did not stop our mission. And we have literally been nonstop over the last two years and excited to prepare to get back into the building. Um, located at the corner of 23rd and Massachusetts in the heart of the Central District. We are uh, looking forward to uh, showcasing Black artists, um, Black stories, Black brilliance, Black excellence when we reopen our doors this fall. Very, very thrilled to um, showcase just what we've all been missing over the last two years, and that is the energy and the vitality of our Black history, art, and culture as displayed at the Northwest African American Museum. Now, can you also take a minute, since you are a national figure and you chair the board of all the African American museums in the country, can you just take a minute or two just to talk about that? How many museums, African American museums do we have, and what are your roles and responsibilities? The Association of African American Museums is the national body of Black museums. It was organized in 1978, incorporated in Detroit. We're almost approaching our 50th anniversary as an association. And this association brings Black museums together 
for uh, collective um, service to our national community. We have over 150 African-American museums in the country from coast to coast. Uh, the Association of African-American Museums has um, nearly 1,200 members, active members of the association. It's based out of Washington, D.C. And the, uh, the beautiful thing is that um, as a subset of the Association of African-American Museums, 11 Black museums have come together to commemorate Juneteenth for the third annual national virtual Juneteenth commemoration. And NAM is one of those museums. So 10 other Black museums and NAM will host a virtual Juneteenth program on Sunday. It will air and premiere at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll be on NAM's YouTube channel and all over uh, the country showcased through these other 10 Black museums because we are the stories that we tell um, are interrelated across the country. How can people access that broadcast before we go? I want to make sure they have that information. Absolutely. The website is blkfreedom.org. The organization is called the Black Freedom Collective. NAM and a couple of other Black museums organized this collective called the Black Freedom Collective, BLK Freedom Collective. And so this production can be found at www.blkfreedom.org. Lanisha Debartleben, the prize star of the museums of the country, the Black museums of the country, I want to thank you very much and thank you and NAM for what you're doing in the community. So thank you very much. Thank you, Eddie. Okay, now my next guest is Tisha Marie, the founder of Legally Black. And I apologize for messing up the name on the, in the email. I do apologize for that. But they're doing some out, outstanding things in Pierce County. As a matter of fact, people over in Seattle, the Seattle King County area have been, I've sent them copies of your uh, email or your website address to see if they want to pursue uh, emulating that over here. So you're having a different kind of event for Juneteenth. Uh, but I, first of all, I'd like to take a minute or two to talk about Legally Black and some of the things you guys have done, because you're just not a Juneteenth person. You guys are busy all year round. So why don't you do that first? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Tisha Marie, founder of Legally Black. Black is an acronym for brave, lifted, altruistic, creative, and keen. Um, it identifies us as law-abiding citizens, and those are the ways in which we go about evoking change. Um, this year alone, we're really excited about a lot of the stuff that we've done. Um, we've paid paid closing costs for black um, black and BIPOC uh, home buyers to purchase homes. We're really into making sure we're providing access to people's material needs. Um, we have been sponsoring uh, students. I mean, we've to to think about all the things that we've done in the course of these last three years that we've been established as a nonprofit here in Washington. I would need like an hour plus of your time, but. Um, we're really happy to say that we've contributed to some policy reforms with policing, um, brought awareness to the issues that we face with homelessness, um, trying to make sure that we're not criminalizing people who are homeless um, and giving them access to the resources that they need to elevate themselves and get themselves back to where they ought to be. Um, with this event going on right now, um, Juneteenth, man, like you said, this is the first time it's a, a classified holiday here in Washington. So we wanna make sure that we're paying um, honoring that. Uh, we usually have an annual Juneteenth Royal Masquerade Gala. This year, in light of the financial hardships a lot of people have faced, we decided to make this event free to the community if they RSVP in advance. 
Um, this event last year was at the History Museum. This year, we're moving it to the Edison Square, which is on South Tacoma Way. Um, if you RSVP on Eventbrite, that promo code is FREEDOM22. However, if you are a college graduate or a high school graduate, use promo code GRAD22 and you'll be automatically entered into a raffle to either win a scholarship or money to start your own business. Um, we really are invested in the community and trying to find different ways to um, captivate our community, continue civic engagement, and give people access to the resources that they need to better their lives. Um, we have live performances from black owned, um, excuse me, black artists. We have Valenium, we have Jezere, and we have Race to the Light. We also have a saxophone player by the name of Marcel Augustine, who will be playing the saxophone as soon as you enter. Uh, three course catered meal provided by Legendary Eats, a black owned catering company here in Tacoma. Um, the food is phenomenal. Just tried it all last night. Super excited about that. Uh, we have a photo booth provided by a black owned um, black owned photo booth company called Reflections, Real Reflections. Everything we've done is sourced by black owned businesses, artists and vendors. Um, but this event is open to all because we want everyone to learn more about Juneteenth, honor our history and our past and invest in our future as black people. Um, and so, yeah, this event is for for the community. Um, with an emphasis on black history, culture, people, and our future. I know uh, a couple of months ago, uh, you guys were involved, I guess uh, there was some racist graffiti uh, put on a uh, black family's uh, garage door. Yes. Could you uh, just talk about that a little bit with our, let folks know what kind of actions you guys took? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So someone painted uh, profanity on an elderly black woman's home in the Parkland area. Um, it said move effing n-word and we said absolutely not we're not going to tolerate that so we con connected with our local um, Pierce County Sheriff's Department um, local uh, county officials the Black Panther Party New Generation 2.0 Tacoma ceasefire we got all the organizations that we knew would be ready to activate and mobilize and said this is what we're going to do we're going to um, donate our time and our resources to not only paint this woman's garage for her, but we're going to do everything we can to help her find a um, new place because she she was planning to move before. So we um, exhausted our resources to try to make sure that she had a place where she felt safe. We had the Black Panthers do patrol in that area. Um, we had news media to make sure that people knew this ended up happening, but we didn't want to put her personal business in the forefront. It was just, let's bring attention to this because it's still happening and we wanna catch who did it. Um, we offered to get security cameras and everything that she needed just for her to feel safe and the people in the community, especially her next door neighbor who was also a black woman. And she was the one who noticed it when she got out of her house to go to work. And so it traumatized her as well. So we wanted to make sure that we're extending resources to, to both families and everyone in that area. Well, you sounded like Angela Davis in her prime. <laughs> <laughs> One of my idols, for sure. Yeah, no, that's who I named my daughter after. Yes, Angela yes. Rye. I named her after Angela Davis because I always admired Angela Davis for, for all the positions that she took. So now, in terms of uh, Legally Black, uh, talk about how that came about uh, for you guys to organize. And then to, we've heard the kind of actions you've been taking. Mm -hmm. But what motivated you guys to organize? Well, Legally Black was something that I, I started to put together when in my home state of Rhode Island years ago, after constantly being, you know, pulled over, uh, followed in stores, denied access to certain housing opportunities, finding issues with education opportunities and licensing um, certificates, et cetera, realizing that these 
governing systems that we operate by um, continue to oppress and restrict and limit access for black and indigenous people of color. Um, so legally black represents black people, indigenous and as well as people of color. However, we have to honor them separately um, because we don't all have the same lived experience, history and culture. But when we're writing policy, we do Im improve or excuse me, we do include um, BIPOC people because we understand that the negative implications within our governing system also negatively impact these other um, demographics. Um, but our focus is in the name. You know, we are called legally black for a reason. Um, we try to make sure that we're addressing, again, education, mental health awareness, um, uh, access to, to um, housing opportunities and economic development. Um, if you look at our governing systems right now, they're rooted in systemic racism and we want to reverse that and change the narrative of black and brown people. Part of doing that means including all people of different ethnicities and identities in this collective work, because oftentimes they need to hear it from people who look like them, what needs to change. And if we have people with like-minded um, goals, we can get that done. And uh, just last Sunday, a front page article of the Seattle Times, three of the Washington State Supreme Justices uh, had actually put together a study that consistently shows uh, Blacks are uh, stopped twice or four times as many times as whites. Uh, uh, blacks are treated differently than whites. And also the other group was uh, the, the Native American brothers and sisters were treated in the same fashion. So we know that's been a, been a problem. And I'm glad that, uh, that Legally Black is out there taking care of it. So uh, I really think that, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to try to get the Chief Justice Gonzalez on to talk about the Supreme Court's uh, own study shows that there is inherent racism in the system. Like you, you've already said, you know it, you've been fighting it. But now with uh, that being at that level, not being an attorney, I was just wondering what kind of impact will the Supreme Court have on local police forces? Will they be not uh, rushing black folks off to prison or giving us exceptional fines? Another thing I don't like is that cash bail system. If you're rich, you put up $50,000, you get your 50,000 back. If you're poor, you put up 5,000, you lose your 5,000, even if you're innocent. So uh, I think we got a, a quite a few things that we have to look at. I don't know how, how in depth the Legally Black has looked into that, that uh, system as well. Yeah, no, it's a great point. One of the issues that I think we're gonna face is we, we have to tackle implicit biases within the policing department. So we can change policy all day long, but if we continue to hire officers that already have that implicit bias and that, that negative um, perception of black and brown people, they're gonna continue to have a little bit more aggression, a little bit more pressure, um, and still continue to mistreat those who identify within the BIPOC um, uh, community. The problem that I, I think we're gonna run into um, is making sure we have somebody to enforce these changes. Because again, if you have the same people within the system that was already broken, or I shouldn't say broken, operating as it was intended, but you have people within the system continuing to perpetuate the standard that has been accepted this whole time, we're going to continue to see these issues throughout until we change the people in those positions of power. Okay, before we go, once one more time, uh, give us a shout out about uh, Legally Black's Masquerade Ball that's going to be held at Edison uh, Square on South Tacoma Way. Why don't you give us, a, let, let our folks know that might be one to attend. Yes, yes. So this year we are having our Juneteenth celebration. It is at Edison Square on South Tacoma Way. You can RSVP by going to Eventbrite, type legally black, no space, and you will see our event. You can also go to our website, www 
www.wearelegallyblack.com. Um, scroll to uh, upcoming events and you'll be able to log in there. Please use promo code FREEDOM22 to ensure your tickets are free. If you're a graduate, enter uh, promo code GRAD22 for your chance to be um, our next winner for our scholarship or our money to start your own business. Well, Tisha Marie, thank you very much for your time today and thank what you for, for what you guys do in the community. And uh, uh, we will see you soon. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Happy okay, to see Eric, you. we'll take a break and uh, come back with uh, Jasmine and Michael after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum North, Northwest with my next guest, Jasmine Scott and Michael Main. And Jasmine is uh, the Director of uh, Programs and Partnerships at the Langton Hughes Performing Arts uh, Institute or Center. And Michael is a... Uh, I guess he is the main man in the event that's going to be coming up. It's called the fourth annual We Out Here event. that will be at Pier 62. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Jasmine <laughs> Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rice. So, uh, yeah, I'm the director of Par- programs and partnerships for Langston. So Langston is actually the nonprofit organization that is housed in the Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute. And we started our work in 2016. And uh, we were founded to carry on the legacy for which this uh, building was intended when the city of Seattle purchased it 50 years ago, which was to be a cultural hub for the community, which was primarily, you know, it was over 80% Black, the Central District was 
was back in the uh, 60s and 70s. Um, and so we are continuing that legacy. We are the primary programming entity in this space because the city of Seattle has released uh, their their hands from doing uh, programming in this space, which we appreciate. It's in the community's hands now, and we can keep to our focus of uplifting uh, Black arts and culture in the Central District. So uh, this year is the fourth year that we have partnered with Michael B. Main to uh, produce and present the We Out Here Festival. And I'll let Michael talk about why he's the visionary behind We Out Here. And so I'll let him talk about uh, why he wanted to start this program, this annual uh, festival event, and especially during the week of Juneteenth. So we'll pass it over to Michael before we go into the event. Wow. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Mr. Eddie Rye Jr. for having us. Uh, this, yeah, this event actually, it grew out of a, out of a portrait project. I moved here about 10 years ago, November 2012. And I found it pretty difficult to, to find resources that I was looking for, like things like a barber shop and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I was, so once I started getting really involved in community and things, I started hearing people say a lot of things like, wow, there's just no black people here. There's just no black people here. And I heard that from, from everybody, black people and non-black people. So I, I would be in meetings, boardrooms, board meetings, and, and hear things like, we wanted to hire a black person for this, but we just couldn't find any. Or somebody might say, I just moved from Atlanta, but there's no black people here. So I don't know. I just can't feel comfortable. I can't find my people. And and that started bothering me. And I and I I internalized some of that. And I remember one day I was looking in the mirror, getting ready for some project or work or something. And I was reflecting and and at some point I said, while looking at the mirror, I said, uh, wow, there's just there's just no black people here. And when I said that, I paused because I just realized that that I just erased myself from my own narrative and that that's not acceptable and that other people were doing the same thing by saying black people don't exist. And so I started reflecting on that and thinking about how not only do black people exist, but we exist here in a very real way and have existed, do exist and will continue to exist. And that we're uh, we're very we're crucial to the to the culture of Seattle. And King County is named after Martin Luther King Jr., like their <laughs> blackness at its core. And, and so I just started a portrait project where I was, as, I just asked people who inspired me, black folks who inspired me or folks who I saw doing things in the community, if I could create portraits with them. And, and that's, that's how that started. And a couple of about six months or so after that project began, I was sitting down with Tim Lennon over at Langston and telling him about it. And he said, well, would you like to exhibit some of this work up at Langston? And I thought, well, yeah, I would love to exhibit the work. And also, what would it be like if we if we create an opportunity for people to come together and really celebrate each other and and feel feel each other and not just look at pictures that that I did or that we did together. And that's, that's really how, how it grew. Wanted to create something where people could come together, have fun, learn about resources and see each other be awesome. So yeah, we we did we kicked that off four years ago, and you know we exhibited art by local black artists. Uh, we had performances. Uh, it was several days of workshops and presentations, and just providing resources for for our folks in the community to just be a reminder that we're out here and we do all things. And so it didn't. While it did, it does continue to have a very arts focus 
it also um, makes sure that we're focusing on our health, wellness, and, and well-being, you know, how we are existing in this world, in this city, in this state as Black folks, so on and so forth. And so we continue to try to push that every year with We Out Here. And this year, uh, one of the things that we're doing is partnering with uh, Friends of the Waterfront um, to do a Juneteenth event at Pier 62. So this Saturday from 2 to 6 p.m., uh, we're just trying to get community together to acknowledge and celebrate Juneteenth and um, come together in fellowship, in community, enjoy music. You know, uh, we're spotlighting just a few Black businesses who are providing services and resources as well. Um, there'll be, you know, vaccinations. If people are interested in being vaccinated or boosted, that resources will be there. Um, and then we just have some local performers who are going to entertain us for the entire four hour period that will be there on the pier. Um, so we're excited to, to take we out here outside of Langston, take it to Pier 62 and engage the entire community in some black brilliance and black excellence. Who are some of the participants uh, other than Michael? Yeah, so he's, he's so, kind of directing the entire event. Is that how it works? Yeah, Michael. Michael is the visionary and the curator. In the past couple of years, I've co-curated the the festival with him as well. Um, this year, we brought in Moni. Uh, she goes just Moni to help curate our entertainment, and so uh, she will be uh, performing, doing a DJ set. We have. Stas the Boss, we have the Mahogany Project doing a presentation. Uh, we have Larry Mizell Jr. And we have Taquitz, she's a dancer and she's gonna be doing some performance and also interactive like dance instruction. Um, and then we also have uh, somebody, uh, what is it called, Crunk Cycle, yeah. uh, doing some spin cycle uh, instruction. Uh, we have community passageways coming through um, to let the community know about the resources they provide. And then we'll have a couple of other uh, business vendors on site as well. Yeah, Dominique uh, Davis is one of the uh, board members for the Martin Luther King, the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that more a little later. Mm -hmm. uh, we have about uh, three minutes left, Michael. I want to know if you have anything you'd like to say. And then I want Jasmine to wrap it up by getting the, having the last word sounds good yeah there's a the only only few things i want to say is that th there's so many juneteenth events happening right now and there's so many people individuals and organizations that are celebrating juneteenth and black people black existence black excellence and i just want to say if please please be resourceful and find out everything that that's going on learn about juneteenth as a holiday why it exists what it's for what it represents and uh, and participate in as much as you can and engage. And I, I'm I'm very grateful for the partnership with the community in general, but also but specifically Langston and Jasmine Scott. Shout out to you! You've done you've been an incredible partner for the past four years, and there is no way that this could have happened without your support and your partnership. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Jasmine and Langston are an integral part of the Black community. Mm -hmm. So, Miss Jasmine, one more yes. time, what can people see in two minutes? Yes. So this Saturday, Pier 62, we out here on the pier, Juneteenth celebration, entertainment, community fellowship, Black excellence, Black brilliance. 
Um, let's just gather and be in community and have a good time. Um, if you want to know more about what Langston does, you can go to the website at langstonseattle.org and find out about all of the different programs we have going on. Tonight, we are celebrating the Black Arts Legacies program that kicked off on the 1st of June, celebrating those Black artists in our community. Um, so hopefully folks will come through to Langston Hughes tonight at 630 for that. Um, we will be in the building celebrating food and drink, music, uh, entertainment, and spotlighting Black artists as well. And so um, we encourage people to connect with us and, um, and engage in, in Black art and culture in the Central District. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I got, oops. I have got to make a correction because I had you guys at Pure 62 on Sunday. Oops. Yeah. I got, I got, I'm sure glad we have this program because the other thing <laughs> about the program is that Two hours after the program's over, thereabouts, uh, is well, uh, the program will be on my podcast 24-7, and also you'll be able to access it on Alexa. So right now, everybody, disregard my email. The event is Saturday <laughs> for Langston, not on Sunday, okay? And I'll make sure I correct all that on, on my uh, Facebook page as well. Uh, Roberto Jordan is uh, uh, one of the, the leaders of... Uh, uh, Festival Sundiata, former uh, former outstanding athlete at University of Washington, fired the coach. Uh, also, he president of uh, past president of the Seattle Black Firefighters Association that purchased some property on Twenty Third and Pike. But anyway, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about uh, Festival Sundiata and uh, Sundiata African American Cultural Association invites you to this weekend's Festival Sundiata. It kicks off on Friday, and they have Kalimba. The Earth, Wind, and Fire Tribute Band. That's going to be on tomorrow on Friday. And then tell yep. us about the rest of the weekend, sir. All right. Well, uh, on that on that Friday also is our um, art extravaganza where there's um, 17 or 18 Black artists from around the area. And they will be um, having their art on display right in the, um, the area right above where uh, Kalimba will be. So this is essentially the opening of Festival Sunjata. Um, we'll have the Black National Anthem, um, the art, um, some little hors d'oeuvres to eat, and, um, and, and the band will be there. And it's going to be Friday from uh, 6 to 9. And all this, all this stuff is free. Then um, come on Saturday, we're going to be at Seattle Center, and we're going to have two stages of continuous music that are going to be going on. We're going to have uh, the Electronet's going to be there. The Buffalo Soldiers will open with the National Anthem. Daughters of Royalty, Dub Lounge International is a uh, reggae band. I'm going to have a um, uh, Just Nice, Janaya June. Um, and then we have the national artists that are going to come in there. Dre Love and Rick James Original Stone City Band will be there um, uh, on the Saturday. Uh, then we go, over to, we go over to Sunday and um, same thing, just a, just a total... Michael Powers, Global Heat, Saeed Renat, who's a national artist, Queens of Soul Jazz there, uh, Bobby Valentino, and the Barcays. They're all going to be there. That's going to be on, on Sunday. And on the inside, we'll have the Mahogany Project. What time is that on Sunday, sir? Which one? The, the last one you mentioned, the Barcays and all those guys. Barcays, the Barcays going to start at 6.30. Okay, that's Sunday, 6.30, Sunday. Sunday at 6.30. Evening. Bobby Valentino starts at 5.10. Uh, Queens Soul starts at four. Saeed starts at two fifty. Global Heat one fifty. Uh, Michael Powers will start at twelve thirty. And this is all continuous. Going to be out on the grass and inside, free. And um, 
thousands and thousands of people going to show up. We're going to have uh, 84 different vendors there. Um, we've got what's called the uh, Taste of Sunjata, where there's um, uh, a whole alley of the different foods that you'll get uh, culturally related. So um, we, our, our festival, we, we kind of, we, though we're at Seattle Center, our festival is all black in every aspect that you can think of. And we're unapologetic about that because what we're trying to do is we're trying to give the community a taste of the culture of people of African descent. And um, so we don't, we don't want anybody else's culture. There's 24 different festivals that are held out at Seattle Center, part of the festival group. And um, there's Cherry Blossom. And so there's the, the Italian festival. So this is festival by Black folks for everybody else to come get a taste of um, uh, the culture of people of African descent. Um, we'll, we'll, there'll be a lot of different, um, there'll be a, Deborah Richardson will have his um, American history, Untold Truths will be there. Um, and it's a history of, uh, of black folks from Africa all the way up until now. A lot of folks go through his exhibit and they come through there. And when they come through there, they're very emotional. They're crying and other things of that nature because he he delves into a whole lot of stuff, especially the way that slaves were treated, uh, the way that black folks are treated now, all that we had to go through to get to where we are today. And he's had exhibits proving exactly what he's what he's what he's showing. Uh, you've seen some of the shackles and some of the, um, the the KKK robes and the things that you actually can see and actually touch there. It, it, it touches you a bit and it, and it, and it um, causes the emotional stir in you. Um, and so, you know, we'll be, we've been growing and, and bringing in the, the national acts because uh, quite truthfully, some of these acts, if you, if you went to someplace and saw them, they'd be really expensive. And um, uh, so we want to make sure that the community and uh, surrounding folks can come in there and get a taste of us for free. Uh, you're gonna pay for the food and you're gonna pay for the vendors. Um, there's a lot of one of a kind gifts that you'll see there from folks. This gives a chance for you to find out where the vendors are and a chance so that the vendors can let you know that they exist and that they're out there. And that all these black companies are are uh, out here ready to serve uh, with, their, um, with their services and also with their items. And so uh, it's, a, it's essentially a big um, family reunion that we have. This will be our 42nd year of Festival Sunjata. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It seems like all the Black folks are on the same page on this one since it's Juneteenth because I see similar events that's going to be occurring in Tacoma and other places. I've getting information throughout the country where things are going to be happening. Matter of fact, we're going to have Reverend Braxton on next to talk about a musical that's going to be happening on Sunday as well. When did uh, the festival, when did the association start, Roberto? Uh, we started in uh, 1980. Started in 1980. So as I said, uh, 42 years it's been going on. Um, and, you know, started small, started at Seattle Center. And we used to be in February during Black History Month. Then you got a lot of uh, complaints because folks were talking about how cold it was and how it was raining and how the weather was really bad. And if you really love us and you really want us to come, you'll do it closer to the summer. So then took it and moved it to June, which is Black Music Month, as, as we all know. And so um, now we've been a little more successful in getting people out. And hopefully this weekend, the uh, weather um, cooperates because half the festival's inside, half the festival's outside. Well, I hate to admit, but I was one of the complainers. <laughs> 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 About February, I was. But anyway, I'm glad y'all listened. That's one thing, you know. 
who who are, uh, are some of the folks who are members of the association? You have a board of directors. We have a board of directors. We have um, <clears throat> Carl Copeland is a director. Um, Vincent Livingston is the treasurer. Uh, Kimberly Phillips is the uh, vice president. Uh, Lakeith Aspie is also a um, board member. And let me make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Let me make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. And I think that that's the board. But then we've got then we got about 15 or 16 other people that are uh, part of the committees that we have. And we take a whole year. I mean, the, we, we take this, we go on for a whole year, putting it together, producing it. And we're called the Sundiata African-American Cultural Association. That's the name of the association. Our website is um, festivalsunjata.org. Now, Sunjata is spelled S-U-N-D-I-A-T-A, but we pronounce, but it's pronounced Sunjata. Sunjata, right. Gotcha. Yep. And uh, so once again, go down the, pro, the list of entertainers, and they're going to be a spoken word, anything like that. What else is on the agenda? Because there are going to be multiple venues at the same time. Is that right? One That's main right. stage, and then why don't you just talk about that for a minute? All right, so the, the, the two stages, one will be inside and one will be outside, right? So um, inside, no, that's outside. Let me see. The, the outside stage, we'll have the Buffalo Soldiers that will do the National Anthem. They'll have their horses out there, and they'll, you can actually see them uh, do their thing. Then uh, we're going to have um, some of the uh, drill teams will be there, um, the Electronets, High Steppers, and, and some other ones that will be out there. Um, Daughters of Royalty will be there. Michael Hodges, the second. Those are all the drill teams. Then Felicia and uh, Phil Curry. And anybody in the anybody in gospel knows about Felicia and Phil. They do their thing. All right. So then we got the E. Pruitt Band. Um, then the Dub Lounge International. And um, we're going to have a Just Nice, Janaea June. Tommy Bell, and they're going to be doing, all going to be a, a showcase is what, what they're going to be doing. That'll be outside. Then Dre Love and Empress. Uh, and then uh, everybody knows our the, D, the DJ most loved in Seattle, DJ Uncle Guy. He's going to have a, a dance party that's going to be going on out there in the evening, right before we bring on the Rick James original Stone City Band. Well, and that's, that's, on, that's, on, that's on Saturday. Okay. Right. And um, also on Saturday inside, we're going to have the Mahogany Project, uh, Kuwaiti Arts, which is a uh, African group that will be doing African dance, uh, African drumming. Um, then for the people that uh, uh, want to do a little Chicago stepping, we'll have styles of stepping. They'll give a demonstration. They'll also give a class and give you a chance to uh, get involved. Then we'll have the Boca Kuwaiti Drum Circle. Well, we have a huge drum circle. Everybody gets a drum, and you get to participate in actually making the music. Reverb, oh, I need you to hold on for one. I need you to hold. We got to take a break. Hold on for one minute, okay? All right, we'll do. Okay, uh, Eric, why don't we take that break and come back? Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right, Eddie Ride back at the River Forum Northwest with my guest. I want to let everybody know we want to thank uh, the City of Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Office. Liz Alzier is in charge. Uh, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Diversity, and Inclusion. John T. Robinson is the boss. And then also the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, where me and Rice is in charge. Now, we'll go back to uh, Roberto Jordan as we wait for Reverend Leslie Bra- Braxton to join us. So, Roberto, go right ahead with Sunday. All right. And so, Sunday. Uh, this is the outside stage where everybody comes and tries to grab a piece of grass and stay there all day. Um, we have the Michael Powers Band. Um, then we're going to do Global Heat. That's also a reggae band. Saeed Renard is a brother from, um, from L.A. and a vo- voice of gold. Uh, the Queens of Soul and Jazz are two sisters that are on um, uh, saxophone. Uh, they're a national group. Of course, Bobby Valentino and uh, folks will be going crazy over over him out there. And then the uh, Barcays. Originally, we had Wale, but we had a um, uh, conflict, a scheduling conflict with him that he couldn't get out of. And so, you know, we've seen him before here. He's been a, a regular at Sunjata. But uh, this year we just we had to, let, had to say, OK, brother, we see you got this going on. And that's a lot more important. So let him do his thing. But we got Bobby Valentino and then the Barcays. And that's going to be on Sunday night. So um, we we got some of everything on Sunday daytime. Um, we're going to have over in inside. We have Tony Bailey. She's going to have a, Zub, a Zumba class that's going to go on in there. Then uh, 206 Zulu is going to have the um, uh, stage uh, doing their thing. They used to be partnered with us in February because that was their that was their anniversary. So we every year we used to do a 206 Zulu. But since we moved to June, then that wasn't their thing. So we do it there. We do it now um, uh, whenever they can show up. Uh, then we got Young B, uh, Diana Starr, uh, Gina Williams will be there. Eugenie Jones, who is uh, was the uh, entertainer of the year, uh, three or four years running, a top jazz, uh, jazz singer. Um, got some songs that she's written about Seattle specifically. Uh, got a new album out right now, and she's excellent. And then we have uh, the residency and reggae band, The Lion of Judah. So that's what we're doing um, all those days. And as I said, 
the food, the vendors, um, every everything is going to be out there. The art will, will be there. So everything you need and want is going to be at uh, Seattle Center. We have something for everybody. We even have a um, relationship with the Children's Museum. So now the, you'll be able to take your kids down into the Children's Museum, have their do have their have them do their thing there. Uh, some kitty rides will be out there. The fire department will be um, represented. They'll have a rig out there that the kids can get on. Metro is going to have their um, Black Lives Matter uh, bus out there that, that you can get on, and then we'll have a, a medic unit out there because they're they're also recruiting for um, for employment with all those uh, city agencies. And um, I was hoping that uh, Metro would make Black Voices matter too. I can't get a call back from them for whatever reason. Uh, wow. I guess they don't like what I'm saying. But anyway, it's about Black Voices. So uh, uh, Reverend Braxton uh, is one of the organizers with uh, the City of Seattle Department of Arts and Culture, one Seattle Juneteenth musical celebration, the Songs of Black Folk, Music of Resistance and Hope. And this event will be at Seattle, uh, Seattle's McCall Hall by the Seattle Center uh, on Sunday at six, uh, June 19th at 6 o'clock p.m. So uh, let's see, I want to find out if, any of you have a raise your hand or whatever, do you have a comment or any kind of remark you'd like to make at this time? Okay, go ahead, Tisha. Thank you. Thank you. I just hope all the listeners um, out there right now are paying attention and recognizing that there are so many opportunities to get involved and be proud of your heritage, be proud of your history. And if you do not know where to go, um, you can follow this, this, um, this podcast, excuse me, this website here and just get all of our contact information. Um, There's so much more here than what meets the eye. Uh, We're all over the place. I love what what Roberto has going on, what Michael and Jasmine and Lanisha, um, perfect title that we out here. So um, just a reminder that there are plenty of black people here to help you along this journey as you're finding yourself and identifying with your history and, and thinking about what your forward motion looks like. So don't be shy. We are all here, here to help, here to educate, inspire, and motivate each other. So thank you for creating this space for us where we can continue to do exactly that for our community. Thank you, Mr. Eddie Wright Jr. Really appreciate you. I really think it's good for folks to hear what other people are doing. You know, I think that, you know, I think it's very healthy for the Black community up and down the, uh, the Puget Sound region where we most of us are. Uh, but uh, I wanted to ask uh, uh, the station's operations manager, Eric, uh, when will this program go up on the, uh, the podcast, Eric? Uh, we should have it up in a couple of hours. Okay, so that, that way you can also share with uh, your constituents that the information that you shared with us today will be available uh, in a couple of hours, 24-7 also on Alexa. I don't know when it goes up on Alexa, but that will be consistent throughout the next week. Uh, and it's good because it's before Juneteenth. So uh, I wanted to see if, uh, Michael, if you have a question or a comment or a compliment you would like to bestow upon anybody. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here. Thank you. I, I love that. I love the love that's here right now. It's loving that we, uh, we're celebrating each other, recognizing each other. And uh, yeah, there's this just I couldn't I couldn't say it any any better than Teach Marie just did. So co-sign what Teach Marie just said. And I am just grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, well, people have been calling me about having a legally black chapter over in the Seattle King County area. So I said, okay, we'll do a Zoom call and have Teach Marie walk you through it. So you don't have any missteps. Uh, 
Uh, Roberto, you have uh, another comment? Or Jasmine, do you have any comments you'd like to make? Sure. I didn't know if uh, Roberto wanted to say any final words, but um, yeah, I, this I want to echo everything everybody said. And thank you, Mr. Rye, for um, for giving all of us this opportunity to spotlight uh, all the things that are going on to celebrate and acknowledge Juneteenth. Um, and I also just want to say, you know, I know with this with Juneteenth uh, being a now a federally recognized holiday that it can feel overwhelming. It probably feels overwhelming to a lot of folks this year that there's so much going on. But I think that if we're focusing on the programs, the events, the celebrations that are uh, are spearheaded by black folks. Um, then it will never be too much. There will always be something for us to do. And if you're capable of hopping around throughout the week, throughout the weekend, then check out a little bit of everything. And also, in addition to that, if you're not able, able to, or if you don't feel like it, then if you're Black, take a break. Because this also is our holiday, right? And so now that it's a federally recognized holiday and people are getting paid days off, because I recognize that all of us have worked through on Juneteenth for most of our life. I, I can attest that I've been where I work on Juneteenth every year throughout my entire career. And so I look forward to also being able to have a paid day off to acknowledge this day as well. And so black folks, you know, find your balance and do what you gotta do to acknowledge where we're at today in acknowledgement of this holiday and take care of yourselves. And so if that means celebrating with community and being you know, in community with folks and going to events, then do that. If that means being at home and doing something small with your people in your small circle, then do that. If that means laying on the couch, then do that. But do whatever makes you feel good because this is our holiday and it's about us. And I encourage us to prioritize ourselves first. And I have to commend uh, uh, State Representative uh, Melanie Morgan uh, from Lakewood, and I think Senator John Lovick of uh, uh, Snohomish. I think they were they combined to get a state holiday, and I think uh, Melanie Morgan was in front of that effort. So we do, I definitely want to extend our appreciation to her. So uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Roberto Jordan uh, from the African, uh, the Sundiata African American Cultural Association. Uh, Jasmine Scott, Director of Programs and Partnerships at Langston. Uh, also, Michael Main, who is going to be uh, coordinating We Out Here, that will be on Saturday, June 18th, from 2 to 6 at Pier 62. And you guys are partnering with the Waterfront, with the Waterfront folks? <laughs> Whatever Friends that of the committee. Waterfront Seattle, yes. Okay, well, that's who they're partnering with. And then also, Tisha Marie, founder Legally Black, uh, they're having a, a masquerade gala at Edison Square, uh, June 19th. The doors open at six o'clock and you can go on our website. And I also want to thank Lanisha, President and CEO of the, the Northwest African-American Museum for all the work that they're doing. So, uh, Roberto, I will probably see you sometime Saturday or Sunday. And I want to thank all y'all. Have a good weekend. And thank you very much for participating today in another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. And uh, I want to thank... Uh, all my sponsors that I gave a shout out to. So uh, Eric, thank you very much. And uh, everybody have a good weekend and, and have a safe uh, June 10th. And, and Father's Day. Let them know what it's about. <laughs>